You get to do the intro this time because I've done it the last three times because you keep telling me it's my turn. <laughs> All right, I got you. <laughs> All right, guys, welcome back to the Instinct Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. If you'd like to introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Keg. Um, I've never been on a podcast before. This is a really cool opportunity, uh, and I cast Valorant. All right. Have yeah. you uh, casted anything else beforehand, or was this Valorant the first thing you casted? So my my little history with it is really weird. I got into esports like when I was in high school, right? And mm -hmm. so what happened was this kid invited me to a tournament in a game called Brawlhalla. And so I, was, uh -oh. I already knew I was bad at Brawlhalla. I was playing on a dingy 2005 laptop, so I couldn't really do much. But I was like, you know what? I, want, I know these people like talk over the game sometimes. I want to try that instead. And so I did Brawlhalla from a few years. And then I stopped because of school. And then I came back into casting for Siege. And then that, and then COVID started, and then I switched over to Valorant. Was it the? Uh, was it because of COVID? Because I mean, Valorant was born from COVID. So what was the difference between like Siege and then Valorant when it came to casting? Uh, I feel like I mean I didn't really cast a whole lot during Siege. I'm sorry, I lied. <laughs> I did a lot of production <laughs> stuff during then. But it, I mean, the the talent pool, at least for even a small game like Siege, was so much smaller back then. But it yeah. also felt like the gate for entry was a lot higher. So it's like the the quality, not the quality, but the, la the amount of competition wasn't there. But it was also more harder to get into. Mm -hmm. And so since COVID came around, there's definitely been a lot more boom, like people who've bloomed and like have really tried to go much harder into it. Like I would consider myself because I didn't really get into casting at this level since uh, COVID started. Yeah. So how's the experience been so far? Are you been liking it? Hating it? There's been some issues, no issues at all. You can be honest here, by the way. We don't we don't censor anything over here. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like any other industry, right? Like any other entertainment industry, it's very cutthroat. A lot of competition. A lot of it's not even just like mechanical skill. It's say acting, modeling, or even casting, right? It's it's all about who you know and being able to show those mechanical skills as well. So like it's yeah. like there's so many different battles you have to face at once, and there's a lot of good things too. It's not all bad at all. Like that stress and anxiety that you get naturally with any kind of job in this field, it's very rewarding and it feels great. Yeah, and we're addicted to it. <laughs> Do you think your clear like radio voice has pushed your career? <laughs> uh, I think it did in the very beginning, but then once I had actually learned like, okay, this is how you're supposed to sound on camera using the voice. It's been, it's, it's been a very, very long journey that I'm still learning to this day. Like there's always like these series of revelations that come by and I recently had another one. So it's like putting more effort into it. Right. It's not just the voice. It's like the inflection of how people use those like iconic or like, I guess not in my case, iconic, but like other iconic radio voices in like historically like how they're able to just use so much inflection and personality into their voice. It's yeah. still something I'm learning to this day. So question. It's hard. <laughs> because the thing is we've hosted like a small little tournament and they've tried it and they said like talking for three hours is like exhausting. Yeah, trying to stay interesting for more than like 20 minutes at a time is like, it's fucking hard. <laughs> so like, yeah, let me know when you figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> you you know guys... what? No one knows how to stay more interesting for 20 minutes. I'm sorry. Yeah. I keep interrupting you. No, no, no. Go, go, go. <laughs> it's like, I mean, no one really knows how to stay entertaining for that long. It's like you just tune out after five minutes. Right. But it's like, have you ever worked retail before? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, imagine you're just selling yourself to an employee for three hours straight. But with more personality. Huh. Uh, that's that's, that's a, a very good way to put that's it. a very different way that we've heard from other people. <laughs> yeah, we've had previous casters on in that sense, so it, it's been interesting hearing everyone's perspective. It's like, hey, it was hard. Oh, it was pretty easy, but like you're in the you're kind of in the between. So it's an interesting way where you're saying it. What, what yeah, do you think? It's... No, you're good. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm never good with like online things. I never know what I'm supposed to talk. Like, oh, does he go next? Do I go next? <laughs> No, you're good. Really no, you're I struggle good. with that all the time. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely not easy. But once you're in like a groove of how you know how to do something, it's like just it's not corporatized, like selling something. But it's like being able to relate to somebody, offer a product, seem like a friend too, and be like this nice personable figure. I mean, it's not as corporatized as buying something from me. You're getting entertained. But, you know, I think at its core, it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. What, what do you think the cringiest thing you've ever said on, like, a stream is? <laughs> like, casting. I mean, I feel like I could name a new one every single time. <laughs> um, jeez. I think I'd have been back when I was, like, 18, like, barely 18 years old. And it okay. was, like, I, I didn't mean for it to sound, like, harsh or aggressive or anything, but I was, like, wait, can I ask something? Like, over and over and over again, trying to, like, hype something up. I don't remember the context of what it was, but it was on a fairly big tournament. And I think that's the only time where, like, a producer's reached out to me mid-show and be like, don't do that. What, what, <laughs> what the hell are you doing? That's I, I wish I knew more of the context, but I still cringe about, like, how I felt in that moment. Yeah. Because I felt like it's important with the dynamic with two casters, especially when they're going. So if, like, you guys don't, like, aren't on the same page, it always feels, like, awkward. That yeah. Makes sense. So when the people you work with, do you, uh, is it mostly people like, hey, I want to work with this person or I'm comfortable with this person? Or is it just like, I'll work with anybody when it comes to uh, casting? It, it's kind of a mix of all of the above, right? Because it, sometimes it'll be like, look, I want specifically this person. So like recently over like when I switched from play by play casting to color casting, I was like, look, I need to find someone who I can dedicate myself to as well with them being a play by play caster. So I can really find out the grooves and the momentum of what I want to accomplish as a color caster. And so Sierra was perfect for that because she was just getting in the casting. She already had a lot of camera experience as well. She was like perfect and she still is perfect. And so it, that dynamic was something I knew I had to build up with like, like, like a framework of somebody else. Right. And then from there, you can kind of adapt in a mold around other casters because, you know, the beats of what they're going to do, you know, how they're going to like respond and stuff like that, which I think is really cool. But mm. there is that kind of framework that needs like that comfortability. And then from there, you just kind of say, fuck it, let's wing it. Uh, can you explain <laughs> for the people that don't, uh, don't know, can you explain the difference between play by play casting and color casting for the people who might yes, know what that is. I'm so sorry. I, it's one of those things where it's so ingrained to our souls that I forget sometimes. Play-by-play -play casting is pretty much like you're seeing what's exactly on the screen and telling it while adding to like to the story. But then the color casters here introducing that story or saying why what that play-by-play -play caster was talking about was important or like why it really matters. Mm. Okay. Okay. Is there any particular role that you like serving better? Like, do you like play-by-play -play or color more? I, I went into his play-by-play -play because I didn't think I could be as smart enough as, like, the other analysts or, like, color casters. Like, I'm just a <laughs> dumb primate idiot man sometimes who just likes yelling at the screen. But I found myself stumbling over my words a lot. And then 
normally when I ask people like, hey, can you look at my cast and stuff? They were like, dude, you're saying analysis points and stuff like this. That's what a color caster does. Mm. But I was yeah. afraid to get into it. But then I made the jump and I said, screw it. Let's try it. And now I like color casting more. Nice. Mm. Are you hoping to uh, still continue on with Valorant? Because I know you said you switched from Siege to Valorant. Do you still want to continue doing the Valorant and seeing how... Because of how... I mean, I feel like in the past year, it's just doubled in growth. Uh, like, socially, like, everywhere. So, do you think that uh, Valorant is, like, a place where all casters can stay and, like, any future casters would want to go to? Probably not. I mean, I don't want that to be, like, a hard no. Um... I guess to start by saying, like, um, if this is the game I want to stay in, it, the answer is yes and no. From, like, a business point of view, like, the the money for Valorant is pretty good as a caster. But, yeah. like, me doing the more, like, casual sort of, like, VCT and, like, the Knights tournaments and stuff, I feel like I do it more out of passion now because I really, really like playing Valorant. Like, mm. it's a game I have not been able to get sick of yet. It's like an addiction. It's like Minecraft 2010. <laughs> like, I can't stop yes, playing it. Yes. And I would say, without a lot of that, I wouldn't be where I am today. And that's not to say, you know, it's terribly far, but, like, thanks to Valorant, I know what I want to do with my life. I know I want to do more producing, show hosting, and be on camera more. And I got to thank Valorant for that probably for the rest of my life. So it's like, yeah, maybe eventually I'd like to go on full time to another game. But I would always love to hop on the mic and like talk like on the analyst desk or something about like Valorant because I just enjoy the game that much. Mm -hmm. So we've asked uh, previous casters about this. Um, there's always like there's always controversy about like, oh, casters should be a specific rank before they cast. Uh, what is your opinion on that take when it comes to people saying that? I mean, there's no like rubric or like a grading report that you get, right? It's it's, it's tough because you you really want to be I get this imaginary threshold that you don't know what you know what that is. Mm. Uh, a person that hires casters, their their threshold for what they think a good casters could be here or up here. Yeah. It could be any direction at all. But I mean, that's not really much different from any other job, right? You rely yeah. on the discretion of so many other people. Sorry, my throat is really dry. No, no, no you're, you're good. You're good. I can hear my voice having like an earthquake in, it, in, my, in my throat being like, oh, my God, so squeaky. But it's like you, you have to rely on other people. You have to network really well. So it's not just the raw skill of what you can do on the mic, which, of course, is really, really important. But it's being like a friendly personality. It's being someone that can be marketable, stuff like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How much do you like play the game? Way too much. <laughs> uh, like. <laughs> <laughs> working working full-time in esports at ign and casting valorant and trying to make you know streaming content and hopefully more youtube content potentially oric signing content it's like this i i don't play any other games this is the only game i play this is the media yeah. that i consume more than anything else in my day-to-day -day life besides like occasionally the simpsons right like my life has devolved into a singular game as a block and then whatever else i'm just lucky to play maybe like once a month but I'm okay with that because I haven't gotten sick of this game yet. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's uh, that's the same thing with with when people go into league. It's like they oh get God, sick of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. That game is a whole different breed. I think league players, myself included, something wrong with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's oh, gotta be geez. built. You gotta be built different yeah, to be dude. playing league. We, we always <laughs> talk my about high it. school friends. What's up? 
we almost talk about it. We're like, what would what would it be like if League had voice chat like Valorant? If it would be the same oh, thing, worse, It'd different? It'd be by far worse. I so don't we always talk about it, so we're always interested in seeing like, hey, maybe League. If League added voice chat, how would it be? Would it be close to Valorant? Oh. It comes to toxicity and all that. I've been in League voice chat. It's not fun because my friends in high school, they were playing league since like season one. We were all in seventh grade, I think, when the game came out. Right. Yeah. And so what happened was like everyone started getting into it and like grew up with it. But I don't like MOBAs. I was a Minecraft kid. Just give me Minecraft. And yeah. so I would be in the Skype calls with them after school every day. And they would all be screaming at each other all the time for, for I don't remember what. Like, you know, you didn't top lane, you didn't ADC, stuff like that. And it was just terrible to be around. And surprising enough, my friend group is still around. We're all together. <laughs> they still play League all the time, and it's terrible. Even to this day. It's been 10 years they haven't learned. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. So, like, that that's just your friends. They're, they know each other. Imagine just doing yeah. it to strangers. So that's why it's always interesting. Yeah. I mean, my friend had the... Uh, I asked a friend who's been playing since, like, season two, right? And I asked him, like, oh, what do you think? He's He said it would be better. Because they wouldn't say the same thing in text chat what they would say in voice chat. That's what he said. I guess so. But then have you heard people in voice chat before? Like, mm. like that that could be even more like horrible stuff. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. said you worked at IGN, right? So Yeah, I do work at it. Do you want to explain your experience on how you got there? Well, that is a story. We got we gotta go way, way back for this one. Okay. Oh, okay. Picture yourself. <laughs> it is February 2021, as a senior, my last year in college, right, I realized, okay, I missed my intent to graduate form because I forgot about it. I was also <laughs> completing my degree, and then I realized my general education classes weren't enough to graduate. So I had my degree done, but I couldn't graduate college. So I'm like, okay, whatever. It's fine. I can take another semester of college, but at the very least I should probably find a job after college. Right. And so there was this, this lecture that was posed like an email to us from our film department. And it was this producer who worked on the amazing race. And I'm like, okay. hell yeah, I'll get ripped over the summer, you know, be hot keg summer. I'll hold <laughs> a camera on my shoulder. I'll go through the entirety of Survivor as like a cameraman watching people. That sounds amazing. So I go into the guest lecture, right? And what happens is that she's there on the, this is the, you know, this is 2021. It's a Zoom call. And so she's there, but her husband pops in too. And he's the lead video coordinator for IGN. And it's like. Oh my God, this is who I want to work for. So I'm, I'm not even listening to what she's saying and I feel so bad, but I was like messaging my professor nonstop. Like here, I do this thing called esports. Let them look at this. Don't worry about it. I'll tell you about it later. Just send this to that other guy. And then hopefully I get the job and they're like, uh, okay, I've never actually seen you try in any of these classes before, but sure. We'll do it for you, I guess. Yeah. And so <laughs> he sends out the info and they're like, yeah, let's set up a meeting. And it just so happens they were developing an esports department at the same time. So your boy dropped out for a semester or okay, a year to go work for them. Okay. Uh, has it been great and all? Like no issues? Yeah. Yeah, there, there's um of course there's always been like minor issues down the line, but for the most part, it's been really smooth sailing at our company. And I'm I'm really excited to see what the next step is gonna be there too, because well, as as we're as we're recording this. Uh, one of our videos is about to hit our first million view mark. 
Oh, congratulations. Nice. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Because I I mean, we IGM is like they're old school. Like they've been around for like they're a while old. now. Yeah, they're they, ancient. Been, they're as yeah, old they, as me. Also ancient. <laughs> People don't know like the some of the kids like that just got into esports now. They don't know about the IGN before. Like they were only gaming content, but they never really touched esports much. So it's really yeah, they were more just like news on development and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly, they did new, they did like game development. They did like all video games, but they never touched esports. So that's why I was like felt like it was a bit weird, which I felt like yeah. they just missed out. So it was interesting to see, and uh, it's like Machinima too when Machinima was a thing. <laughs> And, yeah, that was classic. Like, that was a shit <laughs> I miss show. Though. Machinima. Yeah, I but, mean the business part sucked, but like their content was amazing though. Yeah, yeah I, I did miss them so. Well, to people who don't know who Machinima is, <laughs> oh, look them look them up. That that's a whole story about who they are. They're they're like ancient. But um so when it comes to Valorant, do you think that it's going the right path where it's going like for balance changes? Um events uh, online events do you think it's going the right path or do you think they could do something a bit different when it comes to that i mean you can always improve and like do better things i just don't feel well equipped to have that answer i wish i did but i think the direction valorant's going in right now is really cool i like it it's one of those things where it doesn't feel like it's getting stale yet or the developers are running out of ideas already because they're not and i think switching from like such a frag heavy game to now a, like a very controller heavy game to now more of an information-heavy game. It's like these small, mini errors in Valorant that I think are amazing, and I can't wait to see yeah. more and more of those really develop, right? Someday, I guarantee you, who knows who it's going to be? Maybe you, or you, or even me, who knows? We're going to have to write a book on the history of Valorant, like the meta of it in of itself, because it's going to be that cool. But when it comes to balance changes, that's a slightly different story. And so... A lot of people, like namely Reddit and Twitter, they'll be like, oh my god, they didn't balance any of the agents. This game is dying. They haven't touched this agent in eight months. Like, <laughs> I think that's okay. You don't have to all the time. Mm -hmm. The game is in a good spot functionality. And you can go for like the really nitpicky thing, sure. But it's yeah. like, you know, for, you know, comparing a casual audience to like the much, much smaller, realistically speaking, esports roster, right? It's like, it is the comparably so good. I mean, look at Fortnite, right? Or like Rainbow Six, comparing how the balance changes work and affect the casual play to the pro play, it mm -hmm. ruins one thing or the other. You can't have a good balance. But Valorant does, because yeah. they're able to have it be so simplistic and so easy to understand be entry level, but then get yeah. ridiculously hard. Because uh, I feel like... In, uh They've listened to us really well because if I've I've asked every other league player like how all right when it comes to like listening to audiences, every single yeah, one don't. of them says they do not listen to them yeah. when it comes to like all that. And ev everyone's like, uh, like all the league players, are like yeah, Valorant, you guys are lucky as hell because they don't listen to us at all. And I'm like, that's interesting to see the duality between them. So that's why I was always a little bit scared. I'm like, I don't want Valorant. I don't want them to like release one agent who's absolutely busted and then it ruins the game. Yeah. So, so far, it hasn't had that, which I feel like every agent, minus Astra when she first came out, I think has been pretty balanced. So, I feel like Riot is doing a super good job when it comes to balancing. So, I don't know how, like, when it comes to you guys, and you have your opinion on it when you guys are casting, do you guys like like to see that when it, uh, when there's, like, different metas? For example, right now, we're slowly not ready, but we're seeing Neon played more, Yoru's playing a bit more, so it's, like, weird yeah. changes. Do you guys like to see that more, or do you guys, like, hey, maybe if we kept it, like, the old patch would be better? 
Uh, I'm not gonna like speak on behalf of like other casters, right? But I like those um, changes, right? I think it's really cool to see again, like the progression of the meta. I like to see not the same agents over and over again, because like again, like in Rainbow Six, you would have the same five over and over again. It got to the point when we were casting, albeit like tier two more amateur matches, it got to the point where we could memorize every map that would be banned in order. Picked in every order, and then we were able to memorize every single character that would be brought out per round in where the site yeah. would be for the defense. It, it just got really, really boring. And so I, I like how we're seeing more Neon. We're seeing more Yoru, except for Phoenix. Phoenix is dog shit. He's terrible. He's no good. He's a very bad agent. But otherwise, every <laughs> other agent in the game is fantastic in their own regard in some way. Like, okay, I'm going to nerd out for a second. I'm sorry. Go if you ahead. have someone like Neon, right? She's not a great entry. She doesn't have an escape option with an op like, say, Jet or Chamber does. But she serves as more like this, this secondary entry role, right? If you don't mm -hmm. want to bring out a Jet, you don't need an op, bring in Neon so she can fast entry onto a site. Kind of like Raze, right? Like how you see Raze and maybe Reyna more on a map like Bind than, say, I don't know, Jet in yeah. um yeah you know what i mean like jet for mobility but yeah. then like you could bring out yoru and neon to realistically serve the same purpose and still throw an enemy team on their heads it's like i i wish i knew how to describe it i don't want to see a chess match because that's what everybody says but there's different pieces but the difference is at least now you can utilize through different pieces and how they can slot into each other right so weirdly yeah. and like yeah. na like name me one other game that can do that Sure, League of Legends, right? Can you name me one League of Legends dev? No, no, not yeah, no, no. Like, I don't know who they are. They're like yeah. this nebulous blob, right? But at least yeah. the Valorant devs, they're personable. You know who they are. And maybe that has to do with why the balancing's a lot better. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they took all the mistakes they had in League and what they messed up in League. And then they're like, hey, we're not going to do what we did. Yes. I feel like that's what, because on Twitter, I see them actually tweet. It's like, oh, what do you guys think about the new patch? And it's like a ride dev. And I'm like, I have ne like in Valve, you will never. never see, you will never see that in a developer in Siege. I don't, I'm not really well versed. I don't know if any developers would actually talk about that. Not like, really, no. I know in Valve, there's like one dude and on Reddit that just casually talks about the patch. It's like, oh, what do you guys think? It's like, that's not really transparent. So, so much passion and love, you know? Exactly. I think that's yeah. why Valorant is flourishing the only issue we've talked about is live events where there hasn't been any and it's kind of sucks because yeah there's been like there's so events. many other games that have had them at this yeah point. like right now csgo uh league is about to have msi uh i mean i get it it's in korea but they're having live events i mean they're having their lcs finals in texas and i was wondering i'm like i don't know why we can't just have like a land event like i don't i, I don't know if it's because of vaccination i don't feel like COVID's is a bad issue right now in america so it's just hot take. Hot take. <laughs> I understand, but I I don't understand why uh, Riot has yet to do a live event for Valorant. It's just I don't know how you feel about it. Would you like? Do you, do I mean, you want them to push it, or do you think like, hey, let's just wait out a little bit longer? Uh, I don't mind them waiting out a little bit longer, right? We do have plenty of events that that really are good for like supplemental, like the Toronto one just happened, the NSG one just happened too. So at least they're kind of there but you're right like th those events like it, it's not worth it for me to miss work to travel to yet right i mean i would love to if they were closer i would if they were closer but like for someone to go and fly out it doesn't yeah you're right it doesn't feel like it's worth doing that yet i think once we get around to the point of like maybe the next lcq i think we'll have a like an in-person event i don't mm -hmm. have any of that insider info 
So that's not like a confirmation or anything, but I think more towards like LCQ when there's like more smaller non-major tournaments, but still with like, you know, production behind it. I think we'll see an audience. I'd be surprised if we don't. I was hoping that during the playoffs or group stage of next uh, of next uh, stage of NA, I feel like I was hoping maybe it would be like uh, events or live events or like LAN at least. Just seeing like NA players play in LAN, that would be great. Yeah. I understand EMEA is hard because like they're all different countries and I understand that. But yeah. I feel like NA, it's so much, it's, it can be so easy to just get everyone together and play because all they're doing I, is just, they're going to... They're going to home facilities, so like hundred thieves, they go to their uh, they go to the compound. The, uh, some people go to the complexity compound. Like, it just doesn't feel. Yeah, it's like they're getting together, but it doesn't feel like a land. Like at like, at first it was fine online, but like now it's to the point where it's like, all right, we need some in person yeah. events. I feel like yeah, and especially with how big Ballarin is, I feel like there's and I know running out of excuses out. to not have it. They would definitely sell out in tickets. That's what I'm saying. Oh, like when it comes yeah. to. Yeah, for 100%. That's why it's like a little bit odd. It's like, I saw the LCS. Oh, LCS final is going to be in NRG Stadium. It's like, you're having that big of a stadium in NRG, like in for an LCS finals. Why can't you have that for Valorant? So, I mean, we've asked George last time, George Geddes, and he said he doesn't even know. So, like, literally nobody knows if they're going to have any land events or they're just not talking about it. So, it kind of yeah, sucks at I don't our know. point. So, I that's mean, what... my. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think my first thing is like like logistics, right? Like, you know, you have like all these players, so like the orgs will take care of the players going to the facilities, making sure everything's good. It's less pressure on riots backs, I guess. But then it's like, you know, if you're flying everyone to like this central location like week after week, right? Or even for like one event, like there's kids who live like in the middle of nowhere. You know, and like planes yeah. might not be able to go there in time and logistics and dumb shit like that. I think it's really like the core issue. I don't think it's like an esports problem or anything. It's just like, how do you coordinate getting some kid from like middle of nowhere, Mississippi, and then this other kid from Wisconsin all to go to the same spot within the same frame, right? I'm sure yeah. they have the money to do it. It's just like bit, probably an extra headache. I felt like that's always been, a th but I feel like if you're in esports, you should get used to traveling because, um, remember when like, uh, what was it? It was like the first Masters of Reykjavik last year, right? Where like yeah. one of the players unfortunately couldn't make it because they had travels. And it's like that that sucks. Don't mean that's not his fault, but it's like if you are playing in a VCT, right? You should have the mind that is like I am potentially gonna play internationally. Or like of that sense. Yeah. Or so that's why it's like we talked about this where like the crew men or the crew player or his the head coach. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. The crew head coach, like he didn't want to go because he didn't want to get vaccinated. I'm like, so like you understand, if you're playing at VCT, you have a potential to be international. So it's just that sense. And but I don't at know. What point do you cut that off, though? Right? Do you do it at VCT closed or in challengers where anybody can sign up? So it's like if I'm applying for VCT Open and I'm like 17 years old, am I gonna? I don't know if it costs any money to apply for a visa. I've never mm -hmm. gotten a visa before, so I don't know if it's like you know, hey mom, do I have to spend two thousand dollars? on getting a visa, right? Because that takes a while to get. And that's yeah. what stopped a lot of teams. So it's like, at, at one point, do those like 17-year-old prodigy cracked Adderall-ridden gods like <laughs> go through and get those visas, right? I just feel like a lot of that kind of issues are just like logistics. And yeah. I know that's like a really boring corporate answer, but I feel like it's the most realistic one. Yeah, uh, that is the issue. But I think like everybody, it's just, I feel like now, Everybody should know, like, hey, if I'm if I'm in a professional team, if I'm playing a professional, and I know I might be playing international, they should oh, probably I try agree. to get. They should definitely try to get that involved. It's like, hey, 
you will play international if you like it or not. You're gonna be play- you're gonna be going to Berlin. You're gonna be going to Iceland. You're gonna be going to like Korea or something like that. Yeah, like I that's- agree. That's because, like, of course, like, I think Whippy, he couldn't make it because he had visa issues uh, when, uh, for V1. Uh, like, there's a lot of issues that happen, I think. Uh, and then, of course, don't get me wrong, COVID's a big issue. I get that. But it's just, yeah. like, I don't know. It's just we see that so often. It's like, do these guys not know, like, uh, understand that, like, hey, like, I don't know. I generally don't because I thankfully got my passport renewed before COVID. So I don't know right now how long it takes. So yeah. It's just like I've. I would probably be better safe than sorry. Even if I, even if I like flop out in the round of thirty-two, I'd still rather be safe than sorry. You know That's what I mean? true. Like even if you're in VCT close, it's like you're probably signed on to a team, and they can probably afford for you to get a visa. So it's not like money out of your pockets the issue. I, maybe it's the time, like how long it takes. But yeah. again, like I, I don't, I don't know. It could take a while. It could be take months. Who knows? Yeah. So, so um. Well, you play a lot. What's your rank, if you don't mind me asking? Some of the people who bad, follow. bad, radiant two, radiant two, radiant oh, two. Okay, <laughs> uh, number zero player in America. Uh, <laughs> because a lot of people like for some reason. I don't know why on Twitter a lot of people just like to uh, attack cat, not attack, but like, like criticize. casters bad rank. Yeah, like, it's like a, bad rank, a silver caster Twitch chat. Have you? Oh wait, question. Have you ever? What was the funniest thing you ever said? Like heard or saw Twitch chat say about you? Oh jeez. Do you remember at all? Because we've had some good Dommy Mommy. <laughs> I'm, I'm just the Dommy uh, Mommy of esports. It's all good. That was a pretty good one. <laughs> I was the not absolute expecting... Dommy Mommy of esports. I was not expecting that. <laughs> I mean, it's what's chat. I, I thought you would be expecting more. Oh my god. Oh, what was, what was it? What was the one that Gompers got? Remember that? I think it was. Uh, uh, she said it's like I didn't know. Like, what was it? Academy casters? Yeah, they were like, I didn't know they were letting Academy casters do the main stage or something like that. And yeah, she's like, that, okay, I was dude, like, that's brutal. <laughs> Yikes! Do, do you have Twitch chat yeah. open while you're casting, or do you oh, have that shut? God, no, no one should. Yeah. There's no benefit of doing that. Like, if you see all the like, compliments and you get like egotistical, right? You're gonna think you're higher and mightier, and then when people say insulting things, it's gonna be even worse of an effect. So, I I, I just have my my screen full screen to the game, and then my product uh, production chat open for Discord on my right mm-hmm. side. But I'm really basic. I'm simple. I don't do anything crazy. Mm. Is there an event that you wish you would want to cast? When you this year? Is there like a goal? Um, I mean, like Masters would be cool, but I don't think I'd want to cast it. If anything, I would just like to chill on the analyst desk. Mm-hmm. Oh, for in real? any event, yeah, I think that's where my home's going to be eventually. Oh, okay, so you like the analyst, the, like the uh, the halftime show, or like uh, after yeah, talk about it. The telestrators, dude. Have you seen those like at Masters yeah. with a big map and all the places? That's what I want to do. Yeah, I feel like when Sean <laughs> Garris did that too, like last year, that was like. They should do right? that. They should definitely do that more often. They Especially should be. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. Because I felt like a lot it gives like a lot of perspective because obviously like Twitch chat, like I know there are a lot of they don't know esports, so they'll always like question mark, oh, why did he do this? But it's like, no, there was a purpose why he did that, or like why he just ran in and died. Like, no, he's creating space. So it's always cool to see that when casters explain stuff. Because not like just only for us or like just for people who actually don't understand, or people who just like because a lot of pros get a lot of hate for shit they don't do. They do. Yeah. But it's just like yeah. no, there's an actual reason why they do it, and it's like that's why pros just don't even give any effort into like explaining. It's like you guys don't even understand. So it's like I always, I always feel bad for them. 
I just think it's cool to play into the story, right? Like, you know, how that team chemistry for Sentinels, right? With their, like, blocking each other with utility and the weird stuff they always did. It's like that plays yeah. into a larger story about how close they all were. And then now that they still don't have a coach, they're, like, lost about what they want to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Apparently, I think Shazam said they found the coach. I'm not too sure, but they haven't announced him. Hmm, I hope so. They need one. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about Sean? Uh, oh, hold up. Uh, speaking of which, what do you think about like Sean Garris not being accepted into the analyst deck? Because that was a huge thing when that came out. I don't know if you oh, heard about that. Jeez, um, him not being uh, in Masters. Yeah, like him not getting accepted into Masters and all that. Yeah, I was working at an IGN shoot while that was happening, and let me tell you, that was a rough day of production, man. Like, I Sean Garris is my favorite caster, like almost yeah. of all time, especially in Valor. Like he he is what I want to be as a color caster, but I want to be able to take the ideas of him presenting right and just craft a better story out of it right and that's not like the shit on him or anything it's like you know i want to see what that evolution could look like almost like having sean garris be such a magnetic mind being able to see all these different things that i could never possibly see it's like yeah. it's such a big inspiration and like what could i do with that but getting back to what you were saying about him not going to the analyst desk. I think that's disappointing, man. Like, obviously, I don't know the details around it or anything, but I mean, just not having him there was really demotivating. Like, I was really hoping to do VCT again and everything, but it's like, if it's that cutthroat and he gets cut, he should have been the only safe person on the NA desk, yeah. really. The I feel only like safe person. Yeah. I feel like universally Twitter was like, nah, this was a bad, this was like the worst. Yeah. They made in DDK, that was the worst decision they've made where like, they're like, yeah, we can't have you. It's like, I don't think those two, because DDK has like nine plus years of experience with CS, and then Sean Garris was a pro CS player, goes to content creation, and does analyst. So I'm like, I don't know what, now it's like showing, it's like, what is... What's the threshold? Yeah, what's the threshold? <laughs> yeah. What is, a, what is DD, the entry DDK point? DDK was a pro player before CS too for Quake. Exactly. So that's why it's like, what's the threshold? I feel like having pro player, ex-pro players as an analyst, wouldn't that be the best possible benefit to having it so it's like weird yeah yes and no i mean you have to have someone who has a personality right so if you have someone that's a former pro player with a personality to be able to convey those complex ideas on camera <laughs> that's sean garris that's perfection that's what you want yeah. but yeah i i mean i also think part of it too was I, i'm sure 100 thieves were talking to sean garris and ddk before the talent was announced or like even yeah. asked I felt so like it was it's like the, a week later. A week later, he just yeah. got signed to 100 like, so I'm you, like, You don't go from the beginning to that to the end of that in a week. There's absolutely no way. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, I, I think there's more to the story, but that's okay. They're, you know, I, if they were talked to before and it may not have been a case where they were cut, all the more power to them. I'm still extremely happy that they've found what I think is an evolution to casting too, which is kind of finding a more uh, incorporated part in the greater esports world. Because that you yeah. see that happen a lot with casters and pro players. Like Nate Shot was a former pro player. He's now yeah. leading 100 Thieves. Like I feel like that's always been like the next step after casting for a lot of people. It always feels like nostalgic because I grew up like watching Nate Shot and like he was like I, I think a lot of people grew up watching Nate Shot because he was like one of the icons of esports and he yeah. was like one of the examples of like this is what an esport this is what like a success story of esports is yeah and i feel like he's one of the he's one of like that's why i feel like that like 100 things is like one of my favorite like is my favorite team and i love them to death because i love like he is uh, he doesn't run 100 thieves like a company he runs it like a group of friends and that's why i feel like makes 100 thieves so lovable so that's why it's like hey, hey, uh i feel like a player 
or a former player running an esports org is always like a beneficial thing. And I feel like sometimes like G2, where like Carlos, he's such a character. That's why he's that's why G2 is so successful. I mean, then do you want to talk about TSM? And then we like talk about TSM, <laughs> but that's a whole other story about what he does. Oh no, not yeah. TSM. <laughs> so that's a whole story. But I feel like when it comes to like good people who came like came up as a pros and a lot of times like most of them do uh convey like a good personality and that's why you think that's why i say like sean garris going as a hundred thieves head coach is actually i feel like a level up because now you'll see like it's, it's gonna be ironic because he's gonna be in masters it's like i could have been here as an analyst but now i'm here as a head coach so it's a he bit probably funny gets that. paid more as the analyst oh, no, coach oh yeah for yeah. sure 100 uh, hundred thieves like they got money for days oh so yeah yeah have you tried did you try to get the attack on Titan 100 thieves collab Oh, that's 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 such a sad story because that happened when I was at that shoot and it was legitimately 10 minutes away from me, but I couldn't leave for it. 10 minutes away. We were in the car, right? I was ordering it online. I got one piece of sweater and everything was sold out online. I could just, it was like a span of five minutes. Not even. Ooh. You had me, he has me sitting hitting refresh on his phone to buy it. And like the instant it went, I bought it. Yeah, <laughs> and it, and the re- half his cart was sold out. Yeah, half my too. cart was sold out. So then I was like, I got a sweater. I got a, a hoodie. One hoodie out of it. Out of the is three that what you're wearing? No, no, it, this is the mob cycle. This is different. I got uh, the yellow, the yellow at uh, a Levi hoodie. I got that out of it. But like, nice. I got that the skin of my teeth. I don't know how I got that because I wanted to get something else. But then everything else sold out. And I'm like, how the fuck did everything sell out? So I feel like Hundred Thieves has a history of just like having shit sell out. So. Did you see the new season of Attack on Titan? Yes. Don't say anything. No. Haven't seen it. I haven't. I haven't. Don't say anything. (laughs) I read the whole... Not yet. I read the manga, so I know what's going on after I haven't. I haven't. So we have like a different bridge. You know everything. I know a little bit. And I I watched part one of season four. I I haven't watched any of the the new stuff. So, but yeah, they're having like final part, which I don't know. I don't think so. They know what a final part is. Now, because no. they're having a final part, they don't. It, it's gonna be like part fifty-seven. I'm gonna have like grandkids by yeah. the time it ends. I think they wanted to do it because they wanted to make it officially a ten-year thing. Because start from two thousand eleven, no, two thousand thirteen. I think it was twenty. I, I think it was twenty thirteen. They started. The next year would be twenty twenty-three. Yeah. So it'd be a full ten years of the whole series. So that's what I think. That's what the thing is. But it's still like kind of stupid it's like my boys like just end the series we're True. not gonna care about the series just end it i think it came out my freshman year of high school because all my friends got into it but i was a big ew anime kind of guy <laughs> and now everyone's now watching, anime. Yeah, now now everyone's everyone's watching anime yeah it's cool now it's cool yeah, yeah apparently now it's cool but when i was in middle school and high school oh it wasn't cool at all it's like what oh, the it's fuck the happened? anime kid it's like what yeah. the fuck happened? Like that, what? that's exactly how I was. Until yeah, wait, like, I, I like two years ago. I slowly got him into anime, and I was like, just watch the show. He's like, bro, I'm not gonna watch it. I'm like, just, just try it out because he, you're an uh, he's an audio engineer. So I was oh. like, just li- listen to the listen to like the music and shit about it. He's like, then he, I think what was the what did I get into? It was uh uh what's the first thing I watched? It was like um I think the first thing I watched was Demon Slayer, but then. You and Crystal nice. got me into watching Your Your Lie in April. I got him to watch Your Lie in April. And then I was I've heard I was it's fucking really obs- sad. I was yeah. fucking obsessed with that. Because then then he like then who was like <laughs> And then I watched Violet Evergarden and then I was obsessed with that. And then oh, we're slowly getting that. 
then we're slowly getting into under. He's like, oh wait, this shit's actually nice. I'm like, yeah, it is. It's not all weird and creepy like that. I mean, there yeah. is a good amount of weird and creepy anime. I understand. You can't act like that. That shit That's doesn't true. exist. But then it's like the same people who watch you. Full of it. And then you say the same people who watch Euphoria. It's like you're watching tw- mid twenty year olds dress up as high schoolers and play high schoolers. Like, don't come at me if you're watching Euphoria. The I about me watching anime. So it's always a good, interesting thing to say about that. Uh, I think we're close to wrapping it up here. Uh, do you want to end it off with anything? Do you want to plug anything? Do you want to promote anything that you're working on? Yeah, sure. I'm down. First, I want to say Euphoria's lighting is fantastic. Uh, when I first <laughs> moved to California, I met this older lady at the mall eating by herself. She lent me one of her chairs, and so we actually ate together. Turns out she was the leading lighting engineer for Euphoria, which I thought was really cool. Wow. What a coincidence. Right? Yeah. I still haven't watched the show, though. I'm sorry, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Linda. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, my name is Keg. Uh, you can find me on Twitch. It's uh, at Keg Shouts. I'm on Twitter at Keg Shouts. Uh, please farm the impressions for me because I hate social media, but I have to do it. And then uh, YouTube as well. I think it's just Keg. So I stream just about every single day. I'd love to see you two come in at some point or like anyone in the audience watch too. That'd be lit. Otherwise, though, I'm just casting whenever I can, mostly for Valorant. All right. Wait, we got our tradition questions. Oh, we have a tradition. We got, we got two for you today. So we got two for you. So we got every guest we usually ask this question. So first of all, what is your favorite boba order? Boba order? Boba yeah. order, yes. It's, okay, a very, uh, it's a very serious yeah, yeah, yeah. and important question. Let me top that, actually. Hold on one second. <laughs> oh, oh he's, shit. He's one of the people. Yo, he's, he's in the same chair that I got. Oh, shit. <laughs> Wait, what the fuck? Oh, I'm curious what he's getting. Uh-oh. Me, me too. Sorry, I wasn't expecting to get up, so I was wearing just paj- uh, Batman pajama pants. But I oh, never had boba until I moved to California. And let me tell you, the first time I had it, it tasted amazing. I actually had boba for the first time meeting that lady who's the audio engineer for uh, Euphoria. <laughs> and so I like this flavor of boba so much, I found an instant version at a very <coughs> local Korean store that now I can got, get all the time. And I would say... My boba flavor is taro. Okay. Okay. That is yeah. a good one. That good is pick. a good, big wind up for minimal execution. That's valid. Also, our second question. They gave me shit for it. Um, do you, uh, by any chance, do you have a bidet? And if you don't, would you want one? I have a bidet. I installed it myself. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Every guest has said they either That's have it. That's not true. That's not true. They've ever had it or they've wanted to have it. Who hasn't said it? Who hasn't had a bidet? I need to know. I think almost every guest has not had a bidet. Yeah. Really? Every guest we've had, we've had like George, we have a TSM alley, we've had wheels, we've had like a bunch of casters. They've all said they've never had a bidet, but they said they would like one. The, uh, the crew Thank manager you. said that. Uh, oh, he didn't know what he it was. Thought, he thought it was a dessert. The crew manager, <laughs> we asked him, and he's like, "Is that a dessert?" He didn't even know. Like, what no, that's was. the thing that shoots water <laughs> up your ass. Wow, man, those people are filthy. I mean, it's like twenty bucks on Amazon, and it takes literally two seconds to install. They give me shit for it. I'm, they're like, "Oh, it's a privilege thing." I'm like, "No, it is literally more, no more than forty bucks on Amazon. Just get it. It's pretty easy." And they want to get it. You shit, but you don't have any on you anymore. Exactly, and it's better used for toilet paper. Yeah, I mean, you still gotta use toilet paper. Yeah, but not? like once or maybe right? twice. Water does all the work. If you have to use it twice, 
what are you doing wrong with the bidet? <laughs> it's, it's not strong look. enough. Exactly. You gotta it's go power wash this setting. Oh my god. You can't wipe it, there's nothing there! Exactly! <laughs> Alright guys, appreciate it. Thank you, Cake, for coming on. All right, Absolutely, guys. thank you so much. Alright guys, have a good one. Love you guys. Sweet, I've never done a podcast before. I like